0: I feel that stories are the greatest gift that we offer um, in our lifetimes and it's something that's specific to ourselves um, and something also that we can create from an idea. So in my um, experience for example a business's story is one that has been collectively um, manifested and then is forever evolving.
1: Welcome to another edition of Amplify the Podcast. My special guest today is Caitlin Budge. Caitlin's the founder and CEO of Clarified Solutions. And uh, through that business, she provides grant research and writing and copywriting services for businesses. Caitlin, lovely to have you here. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to our discussion today.
1: Likewise, very much so. Now, I always start with this question. uh, So let me throw it at you without any, any advance notice. Uh, Caitlin Budge, who are you really?
0: Oh, I like the question. <laughs> I am many things. Many <laughs> but in things. In the context of this discussion today, um, I'm a business strategy consultant, and I specialise in working with a range of different clients um, on grant research and writing projects and copywriting projects.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it seems we share a love of words.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> I eat words for breakfast. <laughs> you eat words for
1: breakfast. My goodness, yes. do you, like chew up the dictionary. Is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> nice. So where did this love for words come from for
0: you? Absolutely. So I can trace it right back to when I was about six. Mm -hmm. And I started to read novels end to end. And in fact, I got to the point when I was about eight or nine years old, when I was reading so voraciously, that my dad and my mom actually said, you need to come across um, the next few books that you're going to be reading via the library or book swaps or whatever it may have been, because they were purchasing so many books for me to read. And I was reading about one a week so my love for storytelling my love and sort of imagination and creativity it all started to blossom I'd say from when I was about seven years old and it's just carried on from there
1: wow fantastic so I I had a similar experience except for me it was more around the spoken word so I I read crazily as well when I was a kid Um, I I was a strange kid I used to like reading the dictionary I don't know if anybody else had done that but I used to like sitting there with the dictionary just finding crazy words and I still do that even now um but for me, it was all around speaking and radio and, and presenting and that side sort of things. So, so there you go. We have that in common. Mm, and words, words still form a big part of my life, as they obviously do for you as well, with the services you provide and the things that you specialize in. So how did you come to be doing what you're doing now? What was it about this whole storytelling piece mm. that led you to, to start to, well, firstly to establish your business. Um, and to to provide these sorts of services for your clients.
0: Mm. Thank you for these questions. So there was a common thread that follows on from the story that I just told. So Mm. that being my education. So in my undergraduate degree, I studied ancient history and anthropology, which is basically the study of stories, in essence, over a very long period of time. And then I I completed my master's as well in arts management. So that was telling stories in the context of businesses um, and objectives. So I basically married those two educational experiences plus professional experience to form my business that now exists and has done so for the last three years. Um, and yeah, my, my love of storytelling has, has never abated. Um, it's something where the more people I meet um, as clients, uh, the greater that um, pool of information grows. And uh, as do my bookcases, it would seem there's like a correlation between the two of the number of uh, books I read and the people I meet.
1: Nice. Okay. So, so at, at some point, though, uh, we, we have to grow up, don't we? So, so surely storytelling doesn't have a place in, uh, in the world of business we in the real that's world
0: a good question where where does that some um, particular notion come from do you think John
1: no I'm just throwing that at you for a bit of fun to be honest <laughs>
0: okay no I appreciate it well, that's I, I a mean really it's, it's one of
1: those it's one of those things isn't it sorry to cut you off it's one of those things if, if, when you know when when we're children and we are imaginative and we are reading and fantasizing about the stories and the heroes and all those things we're, we're often told to grow up right to, to get serious um, you know, to, to focus on things that are more serious. But I, I think that would be a really, it would, it would be a tragedy for those stories and, and the concept of storytelling uh, and the imagination that goes with that to disappear from business. So, um, and I imagine that's one of the things that you you keep alive through, through the, the work that you do.
0: Yes, absolutely. So most recently I've been um, termed a strategic translator. <laughs> so strategic I've seen my skills translator. have moved from reading to translating to um, communicating uh, complex stories um, in essence. And I feel that stories are the greatest gift that we offer um, in our lifetimes. And it's something that's specific to ourselves um, and something also that we can create from an idea. So in my um, experience, for example, a business's story is one that has been collectively um, manifested and then is forever evolving. So I feel as children, uh, when we use our imaginations to create these incredible worlds, um, we do the same thing as adults, yet we do so within certain parameters um, that we tend to subscribe to or maybe we don't and that creates another different type of story.
1: (laughs) And 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 so what's what's the role of storytelling in in business? Yeah, where where does where does it fit?
0: Communicating value.
1: Okay, tell me more. Storytelling.
0: Yes, absolutely. So that's it in a nutshell. But what I mean by communicating value is communicating to your audience or to your target clients what it is that you do in terms of in relation to the rest of your competition as well, and what it is that you do the best. And why it is that they would um, be able to work uh, smoothly with you and resonate with your style as well. So storytelling is critical in order to be able to present your value proposition as well to your client, which I was just referring to. Mm -hmm. And then also to really capture the essence of how you work. We can all learn different skills, but then how we actually demonstrate those skills, that's our point of difference, not the skills themselves.
1: Right. So that, that picks up the old theme that you have to be a better marketer of what you do than a doer of what you do, perhaps, right? Um, so, so as business, I assume that most of your clients are business owners. Would that be a fair assumption?
0: Yeah. That's absolutely right. So I deal almost exclusively with um, the C-suite of businesses.
1: Right. Okay. So so as as in in the C-suite, you've got a whole bunch of skills around the business, I imagine. Um, but I wouldn't think that storytelling would be a big prerequisite for getting getting yourself into the C-suite. So so how do you how do you kind of uh, uh, what's the term inculcate the storytelling into into the executive elements of of a business?
0: I'm so pleased you asked. (laughs) (laughs) I often find actually contrary to what you mentioned, I mean, yes and no, I agree and disagree. Um, I feel that leaders have an incredible vision for their team. Mm -hmm. and for the business and to be in that position where there's such a heightened degree of responsibility and also um, opportunity, if they don't have a vision, if they don't have a story that's actually motivating their actions, then it very quickly falls apart and a team is less likely to follow by their example. Mm. So that's where I don't agree. (laughs) But I do agree in that I've had many experiences where senior executives, they are so Across every element of the business and can be very technical in their um, professional experience and education, that they sometimes forget to step right back and actually look um, across the, um, the full landscape of the business to really look for areas where they have opportunities to communicate um, how they're performing, you know, within a particular project or especially looking for new projects that can be undertaken um, and then how that could be matched with a whole range of other opportunities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so how how do you go about crafting a story for a business? So when when you know when you go into a business, obviously there are there are people who've been there for different lengths of time and they were the founders and they probably have their view of what the business is all about. Um, there, there is the the rest of the team and they probably have either a similar view or sometimes entirely different view of what they think the business is about. So how do you go about this process of actually crafting a story for a business?
0: Okay, that's a good question. And for me, it comes down to the continuum of time. Now, hear me out on this one. So what's really important to understand about what I mean by the continuum of time is people have been somewhere, they are currently somewhere, and they are going somewhere. So what I like to do is look at, okay, where have they been? How are they currently presenting themselves? And then how would they like to present themselves? And that comes to really honest and open discussions One thing that's important as well is it takes into account a lot of interpersonal skills. So it's not only what people are saying, but what they're not saying and also what their body language is doing. Mm. So when I sit in rooms of people who are talking about say product development and you can see this point of tension between a few of them, you start to realize that there may be a little bit um, of a fracture in their own identity as a business, which isn't an issue once it's acknowledged. It's actually an opportunity for learning and growth, and that's how I like to frame it.
1: Nice, nice, nice framing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Very good. Uh, and and so once once you've crafted this this story, because I mean I have a I have a real interest in storytelling because as a as a professional speaker, um, stories form a, a critical part of any of any good presentation. And right? any time you want to Uh, inform an audience or persuade an audience uh, of anything Uh, stories are a very valuable tool so so once you've created the story for the business and you have a feel for where they've been where they are where they're going how is that then how does a business best use that story to to I guess get a competitive advantage or or just simply grow
0: know your audience okay so there's a story but that story is adaptable and elements of that story are relevant at different times. Mm -hmm. So to tell the full and complete story from day dot to that point in time may bore some people to tears (laughs) and may not actually advance what it is that they're seeking to achieve. So it's about knowing how to adapt that particular story to suit the objective that you have in mind. And what's really important about that is making sure that there's a sense of continuity that flows throughout Mm. so that the story, the core story and vision that everyone within that business is telling is able to be recognized. That's what makes a story. Those points of similarity that you can um, reiterate time and time again. And of course, slightly alter at times to suit the audience as I mentioned.
1: Yeah, of course. Okay. And, and, How powerful do you think that is for for a business? I mean, is is this something that people in the C-suite should be committing a significant amount of time to, or is it something they kind of go, well, if we get a chance, we'll do it? I mean, I I don't know how. how, I'm sure you I'm sure you see it as important. How do you have examples of where stories have made a massive difference? For example, you know, for for a business.
0: Absolutely. So it can come to everything from the morale of the team as well. So if they don't feel that they're working towards a common purpose, a common objective or vision, as I mentioned before, then people can become demotivated very quickly in their workspace. And I've seen instances, most certainly, where, for example, um, leadership teams haven't privileged um, the opportunity for people to actually speak up and contribute to the creation of that story. So if you don't contribute, you don't really have a sense of ownership. And, and I think that that's something that's very important. I've seen the wheels fall off, well and truly, uh, when that's not happening. And what tends to happen is there is a very high attrition rate with staff, and therefore the business itself suffers from not having that culture or that that story that really binds people together and motivates their their work.
1: Mm. So, so it's uh, it's a useful thing internally for for your team and for um, I guess unity of vision with the team. And then also, I imagine you use it outside, obviously for your, for your customers and your prospective customers to, to tell the story, to bring them to your business.
0: Absolutely, mm. and it 's so much more than marketing. people say, and people try to silo sometimes these ideas, oh no, I 'll leave that to the marketing team. Well, you are the marketing team. <laughs> Everyone in the business is presenting that business, whether you 're at a client meeting, whether you 're at a trading expo or you're networking or, or wherever you, or even talking to um, people in a social setting you 're still the face of that business and still representing them. so how do you want to represent the business? Mm.
1: Mm. Wow. Okay. So we, we need to give, as business owners, then we need to give a lot more uh, attention, time and attention to creating or crafting uh, a more compelling story. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and, and this love for words that you have, you, you've used that in, in many other ways, I understand, from uh, in, in business. One, one of the areas is in helping businesses to uh, attain grants so you know um, tell, tell us more about that part of your business because i mean look obviously we've come out of a very difficult year um and i know that there have been a lot there's been a lot of activity a lot more activity in this space in the last year perhaps than there than there has been the last in the previous few um how, how are you seeing the grant landscape and and how does that fit into your business and and um as as business owners how, how do there's a lot of questions in one i'm sorry but how do we take advantage of of, of that landscape right now
0: Okay, absolutely. Thank you for all those questions. I'll do my best to answer them <laughs> Sorry, all.
1: Sorry, I, I, I realised I was just asking you three questions at once. But anyway, have.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I'm somewhat used to that in my line of work. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, in essence, how does this particular service actually come come to be and, and come mm. to light? So what's really important with grant research and writing is to understand that this is a task that many businesses do not undertake regularly and certainly do not, um, well, place a a large emphasis of significance on as well. So I go into the process in the mindset that people may have A slight um, degree of trepidation or nervousness. And so it's really about guiding them through what it is that they already know about what it is they're trying to achieve. And then really translating, as I mentioned before, those particular areas of information and knowledge into something that's digestible by an audience who may have no prior context um, for what it is they're about to receive, or technical skill in that area, which is quite interesting. And something in terms of, as you mentioned, the Industry um, has received a lot of attention, um, particularly in light of COVID, of course, um, which is still something that's incredibly prevalent and it will be for quite some time, as as it would seem. Mm. Um, It's interesting to see how the industry has shifted um, from more of a proactive grant research and writing topical response to a reactive. Response. Um, so, for example, I've been watching the market, and there's been a huge amount of COVID recovery um, opportunities, as well as um, digital transformation, because people need to work from home. Yeah, absolutely. So, the actual circumstances uh, that have been um, created are now being reflected in grant opportunities.
1: Is it Fair for me to assume then that that part of this process for you is to identify for a business what grants might be available and then actually walk them through the process of applying for that grant.
0: Yes, absolutely. That does make part of my workflow and I think that's very important. Um, There are a few ways that those particular opportunities are identified. Occasionally people actually bring the opportunities to me. So they say, look, we know you're an expert across state and federal government grants. Here's a grant, here's our business are we eligible? So that's the first hurdle that people need to overcome is, are they eligible? Is it something that's worth the investment of their time? Yeah. Or should they move on to another opportunity, which is a very important thing to be aware of? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, so identifying the opportunity is the first step, and then there are several steps after that that occur. Okay. Um,
1: so I know uh, having, having worked on a couple of grants in the last couple of years for clients, I, I know how time-consuming a process it can be. Um, how, how do you how do you go about that like do, do you have a, a particular streamlined process now I guess having done it so many times for, for kind of working through a grant because I, I know it took hours and hours and days and days and days uh, last time for me is it is it still that labor intensive or has it uh, or has it kind of streamlined a little since then?
0: Good question and the answer is that it's still labor intensive <laughs> okay. and what's really important <laughs> is when I work with clients is setting those expectations and saying look this is not a simple project it's highly rewarding in terms of financially um, and from a skills perspective. And I'll talk to that maybe a little bit later, um, but it is something that is not to be taken lightly. It will take a lot of resources in terms of time and effort um, and technical knowledge as well. So it's something you need to, to really be prepared for sort of strap yourself in and, and off you go. But in terms of the process that I follow, you're right in saying that the more experience you have, Um, doing that style of project management, the more adept you become with it. So I certainly know from experience with many grants that I've worked on now is the general flow um, of events and also the time in between feedback and communication from whoever's offering the grant. Mm. So I first start with identifying the opportunity as we just alluded to. Mm-hmm. And then I move into a phase of strategic discussions where we really drill down within the business as to, okay, where are they at right now? Where would they like to be? What would that actually equate to in a dollar figure? And um, What sort of skills and expertise do they have within the business to offer me that resource as a subject matter expert to basically give me information to then translate into um, the application for the grant? And then once those strategic meetings that basically lay the foundations have concluded, then we start stepping through um, the structure of the grant, whatever that is, it can be an expression of interest, Um, it can be providing initial documentation as well, Um, and then moving through um, facilitation or even further grant application stages. Wow,
1: okay, so it, it, it hasn't changed. It still sounds very time-consuming and, uh, uh, and, and like a lot of work, but as you say, um, ultimately very rewarding if you can do that. So I, I imagine that, um, I mean, some of these grants can be pretty substantial from a dollar perspective, so they'd make a massive difference to a business if uh, if they can win some of those. Um, be, beyond that, with with your skill around words, um Uh, what other aspects of storytelling or what other aspects of, um, you know, the way words are used in business, do you get involved in? Are there there other elements?
0: Absolutely. So I also offer copywriting services, which I Mm -hmm. think are highly complementary and slightly different to grant research and writing. Grant (laughs) research and writing is, as you mentioned before, John, it's compelling storytelling Mm -hmm. and it's in a very strategic manner. Copywriting cover is a very broad umbrella term and, and ultimately grant research and writing sits underneath copywriting because you're writing content to serve a certain purpose. Yes. So with copywriting, I have worked on projects, everything from press releases through to redeveloping people's websites, through to marketing materials um, and, on, and, on, and even position descriptions, writing all sorts of different things okay. um, to assist businesses to achieve very particular outcomes.
1: Mm, fantastic. Um, let me ask you a couple of, couple of questions to wrap up on. Um, uh, one that I always like to ask people uh, as a bit of a closer is, is this one, and I don't know whether you, uh, you saw, I had an opportunity to do a, a TEDx talk last year, And the the title of that was, what do you want to be known for? So given all all the things that you do, and there are many aspects to what you do, ultimately, Caitlin, what is it that you want to be known for?
0: Absolutely. I think a quality, authentic experience whilst working (laughs) with me. That's what I'd really like to be known for. And of course, achieving the outcomes that you set out to achieve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So... I can see how important this connection is between words and stories and success, not just in speaking, but also in business. Uh, If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to find you?
0: Absolutely. So there are a whole range of different ways. Uh Um, You can visit my website and sign up to the newsletter. So my website Mm www.clarifiedsolutionservices.com or you could send me an email of which the details will be in posts that you'll be seeing very shortly (laughs) and or you could reach out to me via my mobile and all of these details are provided on my website as well. So I hope to speak with you sometime soon.
1: Awesome. Hey, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, I look forward to uh, speaking again real soon.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, John.